0: It is Destination Draft Day right here on LandryFootball.com. Michael Rockman along with me. I am Nick Durst. And before we get into the football action, because it was a great weekend in football, just want to give a special anniversary, first anniversary shout-out to my wife. Happy anniversary. I know you are not watching, but maybe you're listening from the other room and you hear me. So happy anniversary. Michael, how are you doing? Uh, What a weekend of football, and your Patriots are staying alive.
1: Yeah, it was... Really a super enjoyable week of football, both at the college level and at the pro level. A lot of great games, a lot of great moments. You know, the whole Tank for Trevor initiative seemed to be at risk for both the Jets and the Jaguars. And now it seems like a sure bet that the Jets are going to get it. But just overall, a lot of fun football to watch, whether you're rooting for these teams or whether you just wanted to see some good games. And we got it. I guess we'll start with the, the metal ends miracle. Uh,
0: Greg Williams fired today. Wow. Some defensive effort there by the Jets. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I just feel bad for Jets fans or happy. I don't know, because I think they all wanted to lose that game. Uh, and I was like, wow, the Jets won. This is so exciting. Now we get to see Trevor Lawrence potentially with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Derek <laughs> car, his eyes lit up like a kid on Christmas morning, seeing those gifts under the tree. And an easy lob pass for a touchdown. I was watching that live, and Michael, that was that was wild, and that might have wrapped up the first pick of the draft for for the for
1: the Jets. So maybe Christmas came early in that, in that regard. Absolutely, and we see Greg Williams today, no longer uh, a part of the Jets organization, was fired. And you know, I don't hate the idea of blitzing on that play, even though it gives you less coverage because Derek Carr had struggled with some blitzing, but you got to have some safety help over the top. These corners are not very good and they're definitely not fast. I think, uh, you know, looking at this overall roster, you know, with guys like Marcus May that are able to really be back there and be pretty good coverage guys, you need to need to have them helping out with these deep ball situations. And when you have a guy like Henry Ruggs matching up against a corner that runs a four six you definitely need it so missed call by greg williams i'm not sure whether the play call was initially actually for a you know chance to lose and really get trevor lawrence or if it was no chance. a chance play call but you know the moment is going to be looked at almost like a uh sam hinky-esque moment <laughs> for jets fans where they're saying oh we owe our lives to greg williams because of that all right
0: i wonder michael gone. i mean You've seen Greg Williams now, since leaving the Saints, consistently be the defensive coordinator for the worst team in the league. Is this the end of the road for him? I don't see how somebody's going to hire him next year to be a defensive coordinator again.
1: Yeah, he has a long established career, but the fact is, he doesn't have a very good track record, especially now today in this NFL. I think he'll probably find himself on another staff. I just don't see a defensive coordinator position for him. Yeah, I'll we'll say. I mean, the lot.
0: The last time, the other thing that this kind of reminds me of is Ben McAdoo, who was a decent offensive coach, wasn't the great offensive coordinator. He hasn't had a job since being fired from, from head coach. So that, that kind of leads me to my next question, which is Adam Gaze. Maybe he's back. I don't know. Probably not. Do you think there's a chance somebody would
1: hire him as an offensive coordinator again? I think there's definitely a possibility. Um, I'm not sure that Adam Gase would want to go back to the offensive coordinator type of thing just because I think the biggest issue with Adam Gase is that he kind of has this ego about him. And so either he's going to want to be an offensive coordinator, he's going to want complete say over everything that happens in the offense, and a coach is going to be rubbed the wrong way about that. Or he's just kind of saying, you know, I'm past that part of my life where I want to be a coordinator. I either want to be a head coach or I just – I'm good. So right. I don't know. He's still young, so he could potentially like have some great offensive coordinator years, somehow find himself back in head coaching talk eventually. But, man, I, I just don't know because it's, it's hard to see him meshing well in in many organizations and coaching staffs. All right. Maybe if John Fox gets another head coaching
0: shot, I'll bring him along. But it'll be tough to say. Uh, I think the game that we'll start with here, and we talked to the Jets already, but the Browns have made a statement, Michael. They came out, they put up 41 on the great Tennessee Titans defense. A little concerned that they only scored three points in the second half, but what a day for Baker Mayfield, four touchdown passes. And the Browns, congrats, their first winning season in like 18 years. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're not going to be the easy out that a lot of people thought they were going to be. But the Titans, on the other hand, you know, that was that was a bit of a shocker. And the Colts, they beat the Texans. So the AFC South still open to see who's going to win that, that
1: division. Yeah, it seems like every time the Titans really get rolling and start to take control of things, we start to see this kind of fall apart. For the Browns, though, this was a huge day to really prove yourself offensively. This run game was well established, but a lot of people want to see Baker Mayfield kind of take that next step as passer. It happened today. So or I mean yesterday. So Great, great game form. Uh, you know, obviously the Titans secondary hasn't been too hot lately. A lot of lacking in terms of pass rush, lacking in terms of some injuries in the secondary. So they're going to have some major issues that they're going to want to fix before playoffs get here, or at least before next season. But right now, looking at this team uh, for the Browns' sake, let's just keep it on a positive note. I mean, it's a great win, and when you can beat a other another playoff team, that's something that you really like strive for as an organization. So good on them. Yeah, I think it's time we uh, can say
0: Kevin Stefanski is a very good coach. Uh, look what this guy's done. The team last year, pretty incompetent under Freddie Kitchens, who's doing a good job as a, as a coach now with the Giants, but they had all this talent and they still have it. And he came in right guy at the right time. And Hey, he's, he's doing a, he's doing a really good job. And I don't know, I don't hear any Browns fans complaining about him. The offensive coordinator last year <laughs> with, with the Vikings, and he's with the Vikings since, I think, 2006 as uh, as an assistant. So, uh, you know, love to see that. Like, I worked his way up, and
1: he's got the chance now, and he's doing a great job. For sure. And, you know, that Kubiak scheme just seems to do wonders for any team's run game. And having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the same backfield had to be, a dream for any coach that's bringing a similar offensive scheme. So perfect fit for Stefanski. We got our buddy
0: MLB rules here who says the Titans defense sucks. It's definitely not great. Well, I guess, you know, that was a good indication yesterday, but you know, all the season and even last year in the playoffs, he heard, you had to hear about how good the, the Titans defense was. So maybe just an off day. Uh, not sure. Obviously the Titans won that game against the Colts. So they have the, the leg up here who do you see ultimately winning this AFC South game, this AFC South division? And do you you see either of
1: these teams making a run in the playoffs? I think that we'll see the Titans end up pulling this out, but I think Colts still make playoffs as well. Looking at it from a playoff perspective and contender type deal, I'm not sure that I really love either team. I think the Titans defense has been a big issue all year. And then the Colts – offense really can become stagnant at any moment and you know philip rivers is fine but he's definitely not the same philip rivers we've seen in this past career so what i look at from these two teams is just you know good teams that will probably make playoffs but i don't really see much for them in terms of contending so they might be able to get to that second round but i don't see them getting much further yes yeah, so i think the contenders uh, you know if I, had
0: a, if I had to tear everything out in the afc uh, i think you got the you got the, the Steelers and the Chiefs as a top two. And we're gonna talk about the Chiefs soon. And then I think in the next tier is the Bills by themselves. Uh I'm really like what I'm seeing out of Bills Mafia as of late. They're heading back to Arizona for the second time this season, this time tonight, to play the 49ers. I'll talk about that later on in the show. But hey, win there, they're just you know, they're probably they lock up the three seed. That's that's gonna happen. And No one wants to go play in Buffalo in January. It's going to be a huge home field advantage for the Bills. So, the Bills, to me, if I'm looking at the Steelers' schedule, are the team that is most likely to beat the Steelers in the regular season. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think the Bills will be afraid to play the Chiefs again because they when they played last time they lost. But that I kind of got to give that up, chalk it up a little bit to COVID nineteen, moving things around. They weren't ready. They didn't know. So I don't think the Bills are scared of either of those top two teams. So I think we need to watch out for the Bills, especially with the way Josh Allen's been playing the last three or four weeks and the way he played in September. Because that dual threat, uh, it just, it's, it's, a, it's a major weapon. So that's kind of how I tier that. Then below them, I think I'd group the Browns, Titans, and Colts all together. And then the bottom tier uh, would certainly have to be the Raiders, who, who uh, just got in. And then below them, you got the Ravens and the Patriots. Uh, well, the Raiders are outside, outside, outside looking at them right now because uh, the Dolphins they won as well. But I think I kind of put the Dolphins, Raiders, and Ravens as a lower, the lowest tier of the AFC playoff teams. And I think it's yeah. it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out uh, because we got the, the the Dolphins and the Raiders that they are playing
1: not this week, next week. That's a huge game for both teams. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at this AFC, AFC playoff picture, we still don't know a lot of these teams how they're going to end up doing in terms of standing and just how they're going to play the remainder of their schedule. I mean, a few weeks back, we didn't think the Patriots had a chance and now they're they're getting close. I'm not saying that they're going to make it, but this is definitely something to keep an eye on. You look at some of these teams, no one thought the Dolphins would even be a playoff contender yet. And they're looking pretty good, looking solid at eight and four, potentially. Could be a spot to even potentially take over the AFC East if things fall in their direction. So there's a lot of uh, big question marks still looming about this AFC playoff picture, whereas I feel like in the NFC side of things, we kind of know everything except who's going to win the NFC East. So let's talk NFC East because you called it here on
0: Friday, but then you check it down and changed your mind because you don't believe in Cole McCly. You said the Giants could definitely go into Seattle, and with that... Super Bowl caliber defense. Stop Russell Wilson. And before I give you my Giants fan analysis on this, what did you think about that performance by the Giants defense?
1: Man, I mean, that's just what we've been seeing lately is just a increase week by week of great play by this defense. And I think there's a lot of young pieces, and there's some veteran pieces that have been stepping up and kind of outplaying what was expected of them. You know, you're looking at James Bradbury, you're looking at Blake Martinez. And then you're looking at this defensive line, which has really kind of stepped it up as the season's come along as well. Even though that's more of the younger unit, there's still been some great improvements in that area. But really this Giants defense is coming together. And once Daniel Jones comes back, as long as he is able to return to that play that he was having before the injury, where he was keeping the ball safe, keeping uh, his team in games with his play, then this Giants team I think could easily run away with this division.
0: Yeah. And, Yeah, so first, a few things. Got to give some major credit to Patrick Graham. And, you know, this guy, he used to be a graduate assistant at Wagner College in Staten Island, where my wife went to school, which is awesome. And then he he ends up with the Patriots, so he knows the Patriots' way. Obviously, him and Mr. Joe Judge, who is the best judge in town. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Yankee fans. And he worked with him. Uh, He's actually was – then with the Giants uh, a few years ago as a defensive line coach, defensive coordinator last year with the with the Dolphins. The Dolphins did a great job. I think that's a testament to Brian Flores. His system is really awesome place right now Miami. But, hey, he's here. The assistant, he's the assistant head coach, the defensive coordinator. And if his team continues to play like this for another two or three years, they're going to be looking at a future NFL head coach here. See it all the time with these with these guys that rise through the system and former assistants with the Patriots. So he's doing an awesome job. Logan Ryan has been an awesome captain, and he's, he's been incredible. Jabril Peppers, we all knew he was great coming out of Michigan. Cleveland was a zoo, but now he's totally matured. This guy's the captain, the captain of defense and special teams. He's been incredible. You mentioned Bradbury. Uh, I got to give credit where credit is due. I hated the trade for Leonard Williams. The guy was horrendous with the Jets. He's sacking everybody. Two big sacks against Russell Wilson. And Blake Martinez. Are, are we looking at maybe the best linebacker in the league? I don't think it's uh out of the question. He he's top two in tackles. He got an injury at the end of the game, so let's hope he's he's good to go if we move forward. But that has been an incredible signing. I think the you think the Packers are missing him, Michael, with their with their great defense. What a steal. Three years, 30 million for uh for Blake Martinez. Uh, I, I'm just really impressed with the way Blake Martinez has played. Offensively, Cole McCoy got the job done. He did what we ought to do. Wayne Gallman, uh, maybe, I mean, I, this is this is making me think they're going to decline the option on Saquon Barkley this offseason <laughs> because Barkley is, oh, is going to get a huge contract, right? So maybe the Giants look to shop him. I mean, I hate to say it. I think that's the wrong move, but Gallman's been great or Gallman might end up finding a starting job for himself somewhere else. He's been that impressive. Alfred Morris has turned back time. He looks like he's at the Redskins back in the day and he's, he's running everybody over for touchdowns. And I don't know. The only negative I got to say is Jason Garrett's like play calling, especially at the end of the first half where the Seahawks have three timeouts and the Giants are on their own 10 yard line. And he calls three handoff plays and of course, the they they, they gain no yards. Seahawks use the timeouts, and then they block the punt, which they're lucky was recovered out of bounds because they would have lost the game. But you got to give it up for Joe Judge. The guy is so he knows what he's doing. Uh, and you're looking at Bill Check disciples here. You got Brian Flores right now. He's number one, and then you got Joe Judge. He's number two as, as the two best right now. I mean, McDaniel's had success. We'll see what happens when he gets back. Patricia got fired. O'Brien, good coach, but things don't work out. So you saw what happened with Charlie Weiss and, and everybody. Uh, the Jings are looking good for the Giants right now. Uh, I think they could certainly beat the Cardinals next week because they just played Russell Wilson, who was a very similar running style quarterback. Murray is struggling because of that shoulder injury. The defense is going to be getting on them. So that, you know, I think they're probably going to lose to the Browns. Ravens is a winnable game. So, I mean, is it, I think it's crazy to say this, but it's possible that the Giants could get go to 8-8. Eight, eight, and, of course, that's going to win the division. But 7-9 and nine definitely wins you the division. Uh, right now, they are in pretty good shape to potentially get 7-9, and nine, especially with the Cowboys in Week 17.
1: Yeah, I think for Giants fans, the big thing is trying to win one of these next three games – Not trying to underestimate the team, but if you can pull one win against Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, I think that's a good, good kind of statement for your team to really prove itself as still a solid team. And then that Cowboys game is going to be crucial. I don't know if it'll mean as much, where it's whichever team wins against into playoffs really depends on how the Cowboys kind of look going forward. Depends on if Zach Martin comes back. Depends on if Andy Dalton can get going, and if Zeke most importantly can get a healthy offensive line in front of him. And get going as well uh but really right now the giants definitely have all the momentum going into yeah. things the football team can tie it tonight or is it tonight or tomorrow i'm not sure but it's it's one of these games that the washington football team can come in and yeah. if they win they tie the division up but yeah really so look everything today right after this show ends a minute after the
0: show ends you got washington oh. and pittsburgh You know what's so crazy michael let's say Washington wins or whatever and the Giants beat the Cardinals next week. The Giants are now in play for a wild card. If the Washington team was to go or take them because Washington, because Arizona would be six and seven. The Vikings are only six and six. So, I mean, this is nuts, but there's a chance we could see two NFC East teams in the playoffs. It's absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. I do think your Minnesota Vikings are going to run away with that seventh seed, though, with the way they've been playing, which has been great. But having just looked at the playoff picture here, because the NFC East is so bad, all four teams are in play. And basically, that means other than the Falcons and the Panthers – Every team is still in play for the playoffs in the NFC, which is wild. And I think that's exactly what that's exactly what the NFL wants going into the, the last stretch here of the season. And it's gonna be wild coming down to the end. Whereas in the AFC, you know, technically all teams are alive, but other than the, the seven right now, it's gonna be between the Raiders, Ravens, and Patriots and the Colts and, and Dolphins to to really figure out that last speed, seed. No one else is going to get him. So, absolutely, just just wild. But if the if the Giants play defensively the way they just played against the, the Seahawks, they're going to be wrapping up that division, and they are not going to be an easy out in that first game. The, you think the Seahawks want to go back to play the Giants now in the first round and head to, to Meadowlands uh, to, to play uh, at, at, uh, at MetLife Stadium? Because right now, that's the uh, the Seahawks will be going to. To play the Giants in the first week of the wild card playoffs, with the Rams winning again, they're in first place. So, I think uh, I think it's going to be big that the NFC West battle to see who wins that division. Because you're from hosting a game at home and not having to play uh, the the Saints right away in the second round, to going on the road to play a team with a worse record than you that is playing lights out right now defensively.
1: Yeah, and, you know, they said that the reason the Giants drafted Daniel Jones was because of the fact that he reminded them of Eli so much. Maybe that playoff success is just as similar. And as a Patriots fan, I can tell you guys, you don't want to deal with playoff Eli. So you maybe don't want to deal with playoff Daniel Jones. And how about, you know, let's give some
0: props to Eli here because he never had to worry about the back of quarterback starting other than Geno Smith one time for no reason. And Daniel Jones is hurt, and there was major panic, and you know what? He might be out again next week and the week after. Um, and the offense doesn't look fantastic with Colt McCoy. But I think even so, when Jones comes back, they need to continue this run-first attack because it's been working. And that's that's something you don't see a lot around the NFL uh, these days. So that was obviously a, a big, big win there. Uh, we we kind of talked, talked about your Patriots earlier, but shutout, 45 nothing. wow. I don't think Herbert's making Rockman's Rookies of the Week this week.
1: Not this week, no. And, you know, he's going to have to find somewhere else to stay. He was just getting to become a regular for the Rockman's Rookies of the Week. But looking at this uh, performance overall, the big thing that I see is just the Patriots did a lot better in terms of generating pressure on the defensive line, whether that's in terms of stopping the run a little bit more than usual or just generating some sacks on Justin Herbert, creating some pressure causing this guy to not really get comfortable in the pocket. And I feel like with the secondary, that's always been their recipe for success. But this year, they weren't generating that pressure. And thus, we were seeing a lot of great running games and a lot of great passing performances against a Patriots team that wasn't used to seeing that. So definitely a huge win for them. And hopefully, they can build on that going forward, kind of create more momentum in that defensive department. Because, you know, in an offensive game where your quarterback only throws 69 yards, you wouldn't expect for them to be able to really go up and win forty-five to zero. So just All a right. huge statement win by this defense and by this team in full. But I'm just we'll a reminder for everybody: this
0: way, If you're a betting person, the Patriots were two-point underdogs in this one. Yeah, I think they uh, they proved everybody who was betting against them wrong. I don't know why how you could possibly pick bet against the Patriots in that scenario. Uh, Jalen Hurts he comes in for the Eagles. Carson Wentz to the bench and. Packers won, of course. Aaron Rodgers, quickest player ever to throw 400 touchdown passes. Great chance that he'll be the all-time leader in touchdowns. i will probably catch Breeze and Brady a few years after they retire, only to be surpassed by Patrick Mahomes a few years after he retires. But Brady, one of the best to, uh, Brady, Brady, one of the best to ever do it. Breeze, the best to ever do it. And Rodgers, one of the best to ever do it. So we're talking elite company there at the top of the leaderboard with touchdown passes – Amazing performance by Rodgers. Yeah, they could definitely use Blake Martinez, but they win. But the real story out of this, Michael, is the Eagles are a disaster, and we'll see if Carson Wentz ends up being benched next week and not starting the game.
1: Yeah, and really that's the biggest storyline that I'm following. If Carson Wentz is kind of passed over for Jalen Hurts, I think it adds a whole new element to this new uh, quarterback carousel possibility. I think the easy landing spot that a lot of people would point to is Carson back with frank reich but looking at that we kind of have to say okay that was a spot that was rumored for matthew stafford that was a spot that was rumored for sam darnold and there's still philip rivers and jacoby Brissett there that now would probably move on to try to find another spot to play or you know rivers may retire but looking at this you know the biggest one i thought stafford indy would be a great possibility but now looking at it i think this kind of creates this idea for me that Maybe we see Stafford sent to somewhere like New Orleans, where they kind of move around the money to make it work. Breeze seems to be in his last season that's been rumored last year that it was his last year. Now, probably this year, if things go well for the Saints, Breeze probably walks out on top. I don't think they rely on Taysom Hill. I don't think they bring back Jameis Winston to be the starter. So if they can make a move for Matthew Stafford, I think this team can keep things going. The only issue is right now, in their current cap situation, they are so far under the cap. But you know, Mickey Loomis, you know this entire team just finds ways to move around money, just push it off to three, four years down the road, and they say, "Oh, we'll deal with that later." So they could easily make it work just because of how well they work the cap. I could see Carson Wentz
0: being a Chicago Bear next year, but. Most likely Shikars Swentz is going to be an Eagle because they're paying him all this money. So I don't see no one's gonna take that contract. They have to just release him, eat like thirty million in cap space. But on the Bears, real quick, I know Trubisky had that awful fumble that cost him the game, but the offense looked a lot better with Trubisky this week. And if 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 the if you're gonna score 30 points offensively and you're the Bears and you have this great defense, you cannot give up 34 points defensively. You cannot That cannot be done. So the Bears should have won that game. I know Trubisky had the big fumble, but I got to put that loss more so on the defense than anything else, Michael.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a great game on either side of the ball for these teams. Looking at watching that game, you know, I mean, Trubisky had a a fine game, but I think it's still a lot left to be desired in terms of passing. David Montgomery had a good game. He had some big carries, which a lot of people wanted to see out of him. Uh, You look at just how talented Stafford was able to be in a game where, you know, there was no DeAndre Swift, there was no Kenny Galladay, which we saw whenever that happened last time, they kind of got blown out, absolutely zero offensive production. So this is a huge bounce back performance for Stafford. And, uh, you know, the, the big talk on the broadcast was how the Lions are preaching to their guys, hey, you know, it's unlikely, but we're not out of the playoff picture yet. I don't know if if this game is gonna turn it into some crazy playoff run, but it is a nice performance of motivation, and you know I think it's a great great moment for Stafford to kind of prove, hey, I still got it for sure.
0: You know, what else proved he still got it. This guy, you've been very anti him getting so many snaps this year, but Adrian Peterson leading the way with two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, he still had like three yards to carry though. It's the same AP. It's just he got he got touchdowns to go with it. <laughs> I can't wait till he's a jet next year. Replace Frank <laughs>
0: because you know that's going to happen. And Probably. I guess you know the the big win uh, was the Rams. They beat the Cardinals. They took care of business, and now they are the division leader in the in the NFC West. Uh, I think that Murray injury is really hurting the Cardinals right now. But kudos to the Rams. Uh, I, I knew they were going to have a big uh, bounce back season and. That's exactly what they've done. Sean McFay's saying, hey, don't, don't forget about me. Don't don't forget about you know what I did two years ago offensively. Rams got a big game with the Patriots Thursday, Thursday night football. So we'll see, you know, that could tell a lot about the move forward. And then they ended up they end up their season with the Jets. Week 16 versus the Seahawks, that's gonna be a huge game for playoff seating. And then they ended again with the Cardinals in week 17. I do like what I've seen from Sean McVay and the Rams a lot this season.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy to think about. They're the number three seed in the NFC. So they're very much now in that picture of not just a playoff team, but also a potential contender. There's not really a team that you look at and you're just saying, oh, for sure, the Saints have had their playoff woes in the past. You look at the Packers. They've had their moments where they kind of just come out and play very sloppily. You look at, you know, the – the Rams, Seahawks—they have their question marks about their team. They also, like the Packers, have had these games where they just come out flat. It's kind of questionable on who comes out of the NFC. You know, some people may think that the Bucks are going to bounce back, and you, you don't want to count out Brady. But there's been so many times where even Brady hasn't looked good. Right. So there's just there's no real clear cut contender of the NFC just based on this year alone. You probably have to go with the Saints just because the roster's so good and you assume this has to be it for right. Breeze he can't do another Breeze so. might be
0: back next week off injured reserve. I don't think there's a reason for him to rush him back at this point but you know I think what most people want to say other than like you know your own team in there I think most of us want to see Rodgers versus Breeze
1: in the NFC championship game. And that'd be great for sure and this is an opportunity for both Rodgers and Breeze to kind of add a huge Super Bowl win to their resume which has already been strong, of course, but I think a lot of people kind of question them because they only have one. And, I mean, it's not really on them to have more, but it's just the fact that if they could get another one, it'd be huge for their legacy. Right. So I think
0: it's, there's by no stretch have the Saints locked blood over one seed because the upcoming schedule for the Packers, they got the Lions, Panthers, Titans, and Bears. They could win. You know, it sounds like a some, an nursery round there. Let me say it again: Lions, Packers, Titans, Lions, Panthers, Titans, and Bears. And then the Saints don't have the easiest schedule. They got the Eagles next week, which they'll win. But then they got the Chiefs and the Vikings, followed by the Panthers. So you know, I think it's going to come down to the wire to see who's number one seed overall there, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting and that it's going to it's going to be very important especially this year as you've seen with the fact that there's only one only one team gets to buy with seven seven teams in the playoffs and wonder with this the chiefs keeping pace with the steelers they get their win against the broncos you know trail had some you know mental mistakes there but uh the Chiefs, they pull away with the victory again. But I just haven't been, like, overly, overly impressed with the Chiefs this season. But, you know, maybe they just do like last year. They flip that switch when it comes to the playoffs, and it's a whole different
1: level. Yeah, and, you know, this this hyped-up Chiefs versus Steelers matchup, which should be coming in, in playoffs, but also we'll see it soon uh in in playoffs, I guess. But just, like, I, I don't know. It's, it should be a great matchup looking at both these teams. There's just so much on both sides of the football for both these teams. Uh, Big Ben in playoffs has had some great success. You're looking at Patrick Mahomes, obviously a great quarterback. The weapons of Kansas City and just the overall offense versus this juggernaut of a defense in Pittsburgh should absolutely create this superstar matchup. So I'm not sure that we get it, but I really I really am hoping that that is the AFC championship because it would be an outstanding game
0: yeah and you know what's so crazy right now Michael believe it or not uh, despite the fact the Steelers are the one seed they haven't clinched the playoffs but the Chiefs who are the two seed who have a loss they have locked the playoff spot. I don't understand how that happens but <laughs> I think after today the Steelers would mathematically make the playoffs and in the NFC the only team that has clinched mm-hmm. a spot so far is the Saints but it's very close in the NFC Saints 10-2 and Packers 9-3 and and then you got the Rams and the Seahawks at eight and four. So it's really anybody's game out there. And it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the last four games of the season. But you know what? We we uh we mentioned it earlier, Herbert's not making the the elite list here this week. So let's see it. Who made this week's Rockman's rookies of the week?
1: Looking at Rockman's Rookies of the Week, we got Jonathan Taylor, first and foremost, 16 touches, 135 yards, and a touchdown in a big game for the Colts. You look at just how much there's been question marks about this guy, and he had a huge part in the victory over the Texans. The 16 touches came in a variety of ways, 13 carries, 3 catches, and the yardage was all over the place as well, only 91 of them coming on the ground. A very versatile performance for Jonathan Taylor. He has proven to be a good back. It's just the issue of can he stop the fumbles from happening? Big game here and an absolute star outing for what could be a, you know, absolutely phenomenal duo of Jonathan Taylor and this Colts offensive line. Yeah, we. I've been
0: on Jonathan Taylor all season, before the season. And, wow, this was the game we we were kind of waiting for. We had the injury, but... You know, fantastic job there by Taylor, and I think we're going to expect to see a lot more of that down the stretch.
1: For the next Rookie of the Week, we got Justin Jefferson. Nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson has just proven to be an elite receiver. This isn't just a rookie who's doing well. This is just a phenomenal receiver who has been dominant all season. The Vikings came away in a very close battle against the Jaguars, but Justin Jefferson – was absolutely dominant in this game. Look, you know, there's there's always going to be talks about, oh, we should have taken this guy, we should have done this. Justin Jefferson, despite maybe not offering the same type of upside as some of these other receivers, it was just well known how smooth and how good he would be, and he's been pro-ready from the day he got drafted, and he's proven that right now with a great performance, again, for the Vikings.
0: Yeah, Jefferson has been incredible. Uh, I'm not sure what the rookie uh, touchdown record is for receiving. Uh, maybe it's Randy Moss. I think he had 17 back back then, so I don't know if he's going to catch that. But, hey, another Viking here. Uh, Vikings know how to draft wide receivers. that's for sure. Stephon Diggs uh, was great. And everyone's like, why are we trading him to the Bills? And, hey, we got Justin Jefferson. So I think you got to kind of wonder a little bit here can Jefferson make it close between him and Herbert for
1: offensive rookie of the year? For sure. And a lot of people are pitching that. I I think Herbert's going to run away with it just because the QB is always getting favored in that situation, but great outing so far for Jefferson. The next rookie of the week is Andrew Thomas, who had 22 pass blocking snaps. Didn't allow a single sack. The big thing about Andrew Thomas is past five weeks, zero sacks allowed. He has been absolutely dominant. He has really kind of, quieted down the concerns about him whenever he was first drafted a lot of people didn't like him because you know there were these four offensive tackles everyone kind of claimed onto their favorite he started the season they struggled early and everyone was saying man the Giants got the worst one but he has played better over these past five weeks and you know he started to look really great and I think this is exactly what you want out of this Giants offensive line and for Andrew Thomas this is a big moment to kind of just say hey look I'm here to stay. I'm the future of this offensive line, and I'm a great left tackle. Yeah, let's not forget, a few weeks ago,
0: Joe Judge benched him to start the game for buying some team rules. So, again, kudos to Joe Judge, who's not taking anybody's crap. Uh, I think that certainly has now coincided with Andrew Thomas playing very well after accepting his
1: punishment. The next rookie of the week is Kenneth Murray, who, despite – the Chargers getting blown out was all over the field having a great game. 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, and a sack for the linebacker. Look, you know, when a team puts up 45 points on you, it's hard to be like, oh, well, that's a great defensive day for this guy. He was pretty much the only force on this defense that was making plays. And they, the broadcasters kept talking about it. They are saying, man, this guy's playing great, but this energy is not being transferred anywhere else. I'm not going to just completely discredit him just because his team wasn't performing how they should have. Kenneth Murray had a great day and he gets a spot on Rockman's Rookies of the Week. For the last rookie of the week, Cameron Dantzler, seven tackles, a pass deflection, an interception, and a fumble recovery. This Viking secondary was well regarded as very young and a huge challenge for Mike Zimmer to really kind of, develop these guys at a faster pace in order to have this Vikings defense playing up to their pace that has been expected of the Vikings. And, you know, having a big performance like Dansler just had, it's kind of a huge moment in terms of progression. So Cameron Dansler, you know, he's had some ups and downs this season, but this game right here was definitely a very high up for the Vikings secondary and for himself. Yeah, Vikings have been,
0: uh yeah the last two weeks – Obviously, they get the victory. Surpr- you know they were in a lot better shape right now if they didn't lose to the Cowboys for somehow. But they uh, they won uh, I think three or four of the four of the last five games they've won, uh, or five of the last six. So they're right back in the contention here for the playoffs. So it's going to be a big game on Sunday for them when they're taking on the Buccaneers. For both teams, because if the Buccaneers lose again, it's going to be <laughs> a lot of headlines there. Uh, and then they wrap their season up with the bears who we know are struggling the saints who maybe they could rest some guys if they wanted to but probably not and then the lions as well so vikings very much in play for the playoffs and they're being led by both of these guys on this list here on both sides
1: of the ball yeah and we'll see if the vikings keep it up i definitely like this team overall i feel like the roster has so much talent there's just a few missing pieces that really keep it from being all the way up there. But, you know, if they get into playoffs, I don't think this is a team you can just say, oh, you know, they were so bad early on in the year, so they just aren't a good team anymore. I think they're very much a team that could come in and cause some chaos right away and potentially get an upset victory in that first week. Yeah, I would say the Vikings'
0: stock is definitely on the rise. They're turning things around. Zimmer saved his job. Trend in the right direction here. And we're also seeing some guys in the college football ranks here who are trending higher, and we're going to be watching them very closely here as we get towards the end of the season and bowl season, and then heading into whoever knows, whatever, whoever knows what the actual combine might be. So let's take a look at some draft risers here, Michael.
1: Yep, and in that first section, the day three riser Cade Otten, tight end out of Washington, Mr. No Gloves, He does it all natural, and he has been a star for Washington. This Washington offense now, it hasn't been some absolute powerhouses putting up crazy stats, so it's easy to overlook what he has done with this offense, but he has been a key piece of the team passing game anytime they're relying on it, and he's a great receiver. He has 18 receptions, which doubles the next guy in terms of stat sheet. He has 258 yards, three touchdowns already. Dylan Morris hasn't been... A phenomenal QB, but he's a young one. But Kate Otten has put together a great season so far. Keep an eye out for him as a you know underrated tight end that could potentially be a great pickup later on once this draft comes around. For a day two riser, we got Adetokumbo Ogundeji, who has been a key piece of this Notre Dame defensive line. You look at just what he has done in terms of pass rush statistics. I believe he's at five and a half sacks now. And that's not all that he does. He is great at containing the rush. He's great at playing a spy type situation. Notre Dame doesn't blitz him heavily, but they still continually have him getting production in that game or in the season. And Ogundegi, I think, is one of the better edge rushers in terms of pro readiness because he can do anything you want in terms of the run game and the pass game. He has an excellent frame with 6'4", 268 can really just set the edge entirely for any defense. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what this guy does at the next level, especially if he's kind of unleashed a little bit more, whereas I feel like Notre Dame doesn't really allow that right now. For a day one riser, Davion Nixon, defensive lineman out of Iowa, you're looking at this defensive line class hasn't really produced at the same level that you would have expected. Uh, You know, with all the hype that was coming into the season, but you look at Nixon, he has produced both as a pass rusher and as a run stopper, offers a great set of skills. He has been disruptive in all games this season. He's a key piece of this Iowa defense that really uh, has come come on really strong lately. You're looking at just how much this team can produce week in, week out. They've won now 5-2 and two after starting the season 0-2. Oh and Nixon is a key part of that, looking at this defense. Um, you know, there's there's pieces all over, but Nixon seems to be really the star guy. And I think when we start to look at this guy more deeper, we start to take notice of him, we'll see him kind of rise in draft stocks. He has uh, five and a half sacks on the season, just like Ogandeji, but he is coming from the defensive tackle spot at 6'3", a true junior. So he may not be coming out this year, but I think if he were to – we could see him kind of fight for that defensive line one spot in the draft rankings. The last riser and a potential top pick. This isn't going to come as much of a surprise for some people, but I feel like with his position, there's been talks of him falling, but with his recent performances, he has just been so dominant that you have to have him as a top pick. And that's Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. Um, Like I said, this guy has been talked about all year. So it's not really a, riser in terms of oh this guy is just underrated but i think the fact that he was a tight end and we've seen a lot of tight end picks kind of go differently i think a lot of people kind of you know don't see that he is just a star piece of this offense and whether you're looking at him to be your full-time tight end or kind of in a darren waller type role i wouldn't say he's darren waller but i'd say he's going to be used in that type role at the nfl level And I think he's going to be a star for whatever offense decides to bring him in. So look for Kyle Pitts to remain a top pick despite the uh, recent trending down in his name. So I think what I think is going to start being a trend here over the
0: next few weeks is we are going to be seeing a lot of Notre Dame guys on the rise, especially with the way that they're playing, finish the regular season undefeated. They're going to go to the ACC championship game. So I think there's going to be a lot of people paying a lot of attention to Notre Dame. He moved forward. And you know Another team that people need to start paying attention to, Coastal Carolina, Michael. We talked about it Friday. I said this is a risky matchup for BYU to take. They took it anyway. and Coastal Carolina has the biggest win in their program's history. And for the first time ever, they're 10-0 and, and have 10 wins on the season.
1: Yeah, and it was huge for whoever was going to come out of this game and really uh, take the – take the spot as winner for this matchup BYU loses it coastal Carolina wins and now they're going to move up in these rankings I'm not sure if they're going to have this chance at a playoff performance but I think this does give them a driver's seat position to really get into a major bowl game so now they just have to finish out and win any games remaining Uh, they have Troy they have Louisiana and then they also have I assume a conference championship to play so we'll see what happens in that game but I think as long as they win out, they should be able to uh, find a you know, a spot in the major bowl games, probably yeah. playing on New Year's Day.
0: Marshall loses. They're out of the top 25 now that they're undefeated. BYU, I'm surprised they didn't really fall too far. So, you know, they're not going to get a New Year's Day bowl, but they still have a solid bowl game there. And Cincinnati, they're sitting pretty right now. Uh, Texas a they won. Florida's right there, so... You know next week we'll probably look at our college football playoff uh, bubble again and then that might be the last time of the season with all these uh conference championship games coming up and it's going to be it's going to be wild to see how you know every scenario plays out what happens with Ohio State and then it really comes down to can Florida beat Alabama before we lead to some chaos cuz i think I think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame and I think Clemson, Notre Dame get in, but it'd also be interesting if Notre Dame wins, what happens with Clemson?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, looking at that Alabama Florida game, I think the big matchup is going to be Kyle Pitts and how he kind of takes advantage of this Alabama secondary, which has been strong, but you look at, you know, the linebacker position where Dylan Moses has not been on his best game this season. They have some young pieces all throughout the defense. If, Kyle Pitts can be a star in that performance. Alabama may have a tough time slowing that down. That's how they're going to find their success. Also, you know, Kadarius Tony is going to be relied on heavily as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in that game. I think there is a chance that Florida could win that game, but I don't think that guarantees that Alabama is out of the of the four because. Uh, I'm guess I would guess if Florida wins and Notre Dame wins, Alabama is in over Clemson, which is tough because the defending champs. Uh, but hey, you know what are you gonna do? That's that's going that's the way the, the, the cookie crumbles sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at it from that perspective, I feel like Alabama is probably hoping that I mean obviously they plan on winning, but if they were to find themselves losing in that game. They're definitely rooting for Notre Dame to pull out the victory so they can keep that spot. Uh, But, you know, let's talk about these games tonight that are going to be happening. Washington versus Pittsburgh. You know, it's not expected for Washington to come into this game and really get the victory. But coming off of a great performance in Thanksgiving and now at 4-7 and trying to tie up the division, could we see Washington kind of come in with a lot of momentum in this game, create some pressure on Big Ben on the defensive side of things? and then get some offense going against this great Pittsburgh defense that kind of allows for Washington to get in the spot and potentially pull off an upset. Yeah, I I think it's possible. I really do think so.
0: And, you know, there's a lot of noise coming out of Pittsburgh after their win against the Ravens. So it's an interesting spot. I think this is, this is a spot where the Steelers could, could lose a game just because of the unique circumstances. And, Again, I'm I've been saying all year. I'm a big supporter of Alex Smith. I think they should go with him from the start of the season. I think they kind of won at least another game or two at this point.
1: And then uh, for the later game, we got Bills versus Forty Nine ers. This should be a good game. Looking at the game from it, from a betting perspective, I think the clear favorite is the Bills. But you know the line or the Forty Nine ers appear to be one and a half point favorites in this game, which is quite odd. Do you see the 49ers pulling out this victory?
0: No. I, I think the Bills are going to win this game, and they, sh- they should win this game. We've seen the Bills go to the West Coast now uh, multiple times. Uh, it didn't work out when they went to Arizona, but I, I, I don't think the 49ers are on that level of of you know a, a definite playoff team this year. They had a big win last week, which was surprising, but I think uh, – and then I have football, I think I think Josh Allen and the Bills are going to be ready to go.
1: And then for the Tuesday performance, we got the Ravens versus the Cowboys in a game that both these teams kind of need to win. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen some struggles from the Cowboys with a injured offensive line, just getting no opportunities for the running backs. Andy Dalton obviously not doing great. The defense has kind of been questionable. And the Ravens, after losing to the Steelers, now sit at six and five. If they fall to six and six, they're definitely in trouble in terms of playoff picture. So, what do we think happens as the Ravens have lost four of their last five games? Could we see them lose five of their last six?
0: No, I think Lamar Jackson's going to be back tonight. I had to think about that for a second. They are playing the Cowboys, so uh, Lamar Jackson's supposed to be back tomorrow night for Tuesday night football. Ravens should have won last week against the Steelers, so I think the Ravens, they know that things are on the line big time right after them at the playoffs, so I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one. It just means too much to them. They have to win this game.
1: I I think I agree. I really love just this Ravens team, and I feel like as long as they can get in there, they're still a dangerous team any week, so looking forward to seeing what they do in, in this Tuesday night matchup, but Also looking to see the Cowboys kind of have a little bit of life in them and and come out and play a little bit. But I think I got the Ravens in that one for sure. I think it's important that they dominate this game offensively more than anything. And if they can have a big game offensively, I think there's a lot of motivation to be had there, even though the Cowboys defense isn't that great. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately, all we can do is watch and see. So. Michael Rockman, Nick Durst, we thank everyone in the comment section. We thank Landry Football for the opportunity. Destination Draft Day, it's a long road, but we'll get you there. Again, I'm Michael Rockman, joined by Nick Durst. Happy anniversary, Nick. Thank you, uh, Michael. We'll see everyone next week or or this week on Friday. Enjoy all the games.
0: you got four games in the NFL before we see you again.
1: Have a good one, guys. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky?
0: No purchase necessary. Void Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com